It's time to make an appointment. Scalpel. It'll be good for your health. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Ah! Oh, sorry. The doctor's in. <laughs> Same. How about a free examination? Get ready to take your medicine. If you think that's bad, when you get my bill? I hope you have protection. <laughs> Dr. Giggles. It's a good thing I make house calls. Bring it on. Rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Dr. Giggles, which was released in the US on October 23rd, 1992, and in the UK on January 22nd, 1993. It was written by Manny Cotto and uh, Graham Whiffler. Graham Whiffler? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never known how to say that. And was directed by Cotto. It stars Larry Drake, Holly Bree Combs, Glenn Quinn. And Cliff Young, and you left it off, but also Dougie Doug. Yeah, I was going to put Dougie Doug in it, but he's barely in it. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's Dougie Doug. I like Dougie Doug. Yeah, he's barely in it. Like I said before we recorded, I I, I was typing it quick, so I just put in those four. Okay. So. Uh, what's going to happen is this, Jen and I have thought of three problems. This movie has three each, and one positive, and I'm just going to have a little discussion about it. So, Jen, you had never seen this movie before, is that correct? Correct. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, my history is I'd heard the name of the movie before. Like, usually with other movies, I I at least know more about them or something or remember seeing a trailer. But this one, it was like I'd literally, like, I'd heard the name before and that was it. Yeah. Um, this is a huge coincidence. But we're recording this on the 30th anniversary of this movie getting released in the US. The 24th of October. <laughs> That is a massive coincidence. I didn't even know that until today. Until, like, 15 minutes ago. There <laughs> well, was, there you go. On the OC podcast, uh, there was... Uh, it's called Welcome to the OC, Bitches. There was a month or two where they just happened to be recording on the same date that the episodes aired. Yeah. That that was always kind of funny to me. And that happened occasionally with us when we were recording Pilot Inspectors, that we'd be recording on the day something premiered. I mean, we have tried to do that sort of thing before. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't really work out. We just we just do what we... We just record what we want to record about, and then it's a coincidence. It's always weird when it's a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, it's better when it's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But yeah, t- t- this movie is now 30 years old as of the day of recording this podcast. My history is... I watched it when it first came out in VHS. Okay. It was, uh, again, 92, that's when I was just getting into horror movies and, and I just watched it because it was a horror movie. And I also watched it, I think, because uh, Larry Drake was in it and he was in um, Darkman. Okay. Uh, and Law and Order. No Law and Order, sorry. Ellie Law. Um, and, yeah. I don't know if Glenn Quinn was in Roseanne at this point. That can be easily looked up. Yeah, it can be easily looked up. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> I did notice in this movie that Glenn Quinn, at least as far as the things that I saw, he was always, um, he always had the same wardrobe. Yeah. It's the exact same wardrobe as like yeah. Angel and Roseanne. Uh, let's it probably see. is. 
he probably just stepped off the set of Roseanne and walked straight into this. Yeah, he was on Roseanne already. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe that was another reason why I watched it as well then. And yeah, it's one I've watched sporadically over the years, but I wanted to cover it because I didn't think that we had to cover all good movies <laughs> for Halloween. So I picked Dr. Giggles because it's quite insane. Um, and synopsis is thus. A madman who believes he's a doctor comes to town where his crazy fa- comes to the town where his crazy father was killed and soon begins murdering people and becoming infatuated with a teenage girl who has a heart condition. Which is true, but they fail to point out that he escapes from a, a mental institution yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Um, because I just read this off IMDb. I, I didn't have time to write my own, but I probably would have written something kind of similar mm. anyway. If anyone hasn't seen this movie, it's quite insane. It, it goes it goes places. There's one scene in particular that involves a corpse and a little boy that is is not something that that you usually see in movies in um big studio movies like this. Uh and that's kind of why I I have a soft spot for this movie. Because I don't I don't think it's good. Mm-hmm. But I kind of enjoy just its like batshit insaneness. Well, I, I was reading when I was reading the trivia on IMDb, it said that it was on some list of unintentionally funny movies and that that's stupid because it's this movie isn't taking itself seriously. No, it's, it's not unintentionally funny. Like I don't understand yeah. why you would how you could watch this and be like, man, they were going for something serious and it didn't work out. I think that most of the actors in the movie play it seriously which makes it work better it wouldn't work so well if it was like crazy overacting and stuff like like more like scary movie type acting Um, yeah but it and then dr giggles obviously is is over the top and that's how it should be this goes straight into my first problem which is the acting (laughs) (laughs) um like larry drake knew the assignment Mm -hmm. right Larry Drake knows exactly what he's doing in this movie. He is playing it over the top because that's what that character entails and that is perfectly fine, right? Mm-hmm. He does his job. And the rest of the cast, I do like the fact that they're playing it straight. They are playing it like it's just like a normal sort of run-of-the-mill slasher movie. And, mm-hmm. um, but they're all quite dull and bland. And the acting's quite wooden mm-hmm. from especially from the leads. Um, like, Holly Marie Combs is just kind of dull and not very emotive much, which is weird considering she's supposed to be um, emotive. And Glenn Quinn's American accent slips quite a lot. There's, like, some... There's, like, one scene in particular where he is actually speaking with his Irish accent. I missed that. I missed that. Um, It's the scene where he's talking to the cop, the young cop, um and before he escapes, before he gets he escapes from the police station, uh he, he's having a conversation and his accent is very prominently Irish there. Okay. Some things he says, yeah, it's very it's very bad. Larry Drake, man, he knows what he's fucking doing in this <laughs> movie. He knows, he brought it. He knows exactly just the the right sort of pitch of insane for this role. 
and I think he's great in this. But yeah, what is your first problem? Um, there's just a line that bugged me. Um, right. They're talking. The cops are talking about the the neighbor that called in a disturbance or whatever, and he's talking about she always calls and he says she sees rapists in her hemorrhoid cream. I wrote that down as well. Yeah. Like my problem. Honestly, my problem is like. I don't even know how I feel about that line because it's like so absurd. I don't know if it can even be offensive to me. But yeah. uh, anytime you throw the word rape or rapist in there, I'm looking to see exactly what it is you're saying because it doesn't work as a joke. But I like maybe my problem is I don't know how I feel about that line, but that it's a really fucking weird line. Um, and I also learned I don't know how to spell it hemorrhoid. And I'm obviously <laughs> off enough that my autocorrect doesn't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> my autocorrect sorted it for me so i'm all right so i don't yeah. know how to spell it i tried a couple different spellings and uh uh neither of them worked uh so we weren't going to talk about what they are um <laughs> but yeah i apparently don't know how to spell hemorrhoid i still don't know how to spell hemorrhoid yeah i feel like autocorrect should have sensed what i was doing it should have done that's its job mm-hmm. you know it doesn't get paid for its job but that's its job yeah so maybe we should cut it some slack yeah, that line is that line is strange. I mean, I know what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's like she's paranoid and she just sees things, but it's not even it's nonsensical as well. It's like like I, can... my problem. Like now, I'm thinking like I said it was my problem, but after talking about it, I'm not sure if it's a problem. Um, because I almost like how weird it is. Right. Yeah. So I'm changing it to my first problem is why do the black characters always got to go first? Yeah, well, technically they weren't. People died in the uh, asylum first. Still. Well, because the thing is, is Scream was one of my first horror movies. I didn't watch a ton of horror movies growing up. Mm-hmm. So when they go over the rules, then I don't, I'm like, how accurate are these rules? Like when they talk about, you know, like, I'm like, how often does someone say I'll be right back in a movie and then die? And then, you know, you get to the second one and there's multiple mentions of the black people going first. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how common is that? And sadly, mm-hmm. most of the horror movies I watch from before that are most are like all white people. So <laughs> I don't even get yeah. to see if that's true. And so it's kind of weird to see those tropes that I hadn't witnessed before. Yeah. I went above and beyond. Okay. Because I also read the comics adaptation of this of this movie. Okay. Um, by by Dark Horse Comics. I read both issues. Obviously, as we know, we've talked about adaptations before that they usually work off the original script. Mm-hmm. And the original script must not specify the race of those two characters because in the comic they're both white. So I think it was just like a casting thing. They just cast like Dougie Doug and whoever the the actress was. I don't know who she is. My well, my theory for those things are usually that um, not so much they saw these actors and wanted to cast them, but that they thought, oh, we need some diversity, and then they yeah. give you diversity and then just kill them. Like that's yeah, it's kind of like how when you watch a a TV show, they'll be like. I mean, it's changing a little now. Uh, it's not quite where it should be, but you'd watch like a sitcom and there'd be the token black character, which uh-huh. is why on um, New Girl, when they added Damon Wayans Jr., everyone was like, two black characters, that, but they don't do that. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, that was my first thought is I was like, really? Like, 
you know, I, not that I was unhappy with it, but it was just like, you never see that. And mm-hmm. it's like, Dougie Doug just felt like, oh, we need to have some people of color in this movie. Yeah. And the black cop as well. There's mm-hmm. no, he's not black in the comic either. He's kind of tan. It's not actually <laughs> a black character. So he might have been written as um, a black guy in the actual script. But the comic sort of differs a lot from. Well, one of the main things the comic differs from is Max, Glenn Quinn's character. He dies oh, okay. in the comic, in the original script. He dies in the in the um, Hall of Mirrors. So instead of Corinne, her name is Corinne, um, dying, she just disappears from the script. And it's Max that dies in the Hall of Mirrors. So the finale is just the cop and... Jen. Mm. Her name's Jen, Jen. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's just those two in the finale. And then obviously it's Jen herself in the hospital at the end. So my second problem is why have Max cheat? Why have Max kiss Corrine? It just seemed a bit sort of like soap opera and just shoved in there just for the sake of drama. It was, it, it was more just like, it seemed to be a way to get them into that fun house and have her running from him. I don't, yeah, I don't know. And they also, you know, it's the whole thing of like, you know, with slasher movies, like horny teenagers, like for some reason you have to have horny teenagers there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a way to get that girl into the fun house. So she gets killed. Yeah. But in the original script, that doesn't happen. She's not there. And that's also a thing. It's because, like, she just dies right away anyway. Mm. It's just, like, she's just wiped from the... In both the comic and the movie, she just disappears. She dies in one and then just vanishes to the other and isn't spoken about again. I don't like Max as a character. I don't really like either of the two of them as a character because, like, he t- she tells him that she's ill. And he goes and snogs someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's a pretty shitty thing to do. But then again, Jen does treat him like shit. So it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, we're supposed to like these two characters and we're supposed to root for them, but they're both terrible in their own way and um, not very likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like I said, my first problem, the acting doesn't help Yeah, uh, for me. So, yeah. That's my second problem. So what is your second problem? Okay, so this is something that you know I don't notice things like this. So if I notice it, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, when the neighbor's getting killed and her mm-hmm. dog runs out of the room, like it's nighttime, yeah. the woman's like getting ready for bed and stuff, it's dark out. When the dog goes through the doggy door, it is clearly day daytime. Yeah, I noticed that too, yeah. it's I don't notice things like that, so they really screwed up. Like, And I rewound yeah. it just to make sure, and sure enough, yeah, he goes through the dog door, and it is clearly daytime. They're not trying to hide it at all. Nah, you can see that. If, if I notice it, it means, like, you really just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know, I was talking to Dylan about this earlier, I don't notice things like that. Like, you know how with some older shows... They'll um that were you know full frame back in the day with old TVs that like they'll open it up to widescreen for streaming. Yeah. Um, like I would listen to the Gilmore Guys podcast and they would talk about how on Gilmore Girls like 
because they opened it up like that. Like you could see crew members, you could see mm-hmm. boom mics, stuff like that. I never noticed those things. One time I was mm-hmm. watching um, an episode of Buffy with someone and it was in widescreen on Hulu. And um, apparently you could see a crew member in a shot. And I didn't notice. Yeah. Like, I don't notice these things. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just... Even Kevin Smith at, like, 21 or however old he was when he did Clerks knew to try to make, like, you need to be shooting at night and he needed to make it look like day. Like, how hard is it to, I don't know, put something there to block the sun? I know. That was clearly just something that was added in post later. It was just like, we have to show the dog escaping. Mm. So that's just, you know. But also, that dog was pretty smart because he got the fuck out of Yeah. <laughs> and we'll never see it again. Yeah. In the original script in the comic, um, a young a kid who stays in the street sees a dog outside and drags it back to the house. Um but then nothing really happens. It just they just parks it on the porch and the dog's barking at him and he just walks away, basically. So um yeah, well the Buffy thing, the biggest um offender in the Buffy widescreen tobacco was in um graduation day part one where Buffy and Faith are fighting and they fall out the window mm-hmm. uh, uh, of Faith's apartment. They both smash through the window. And then in widescreen, you can clearly see at least about three people standing outside. <laughs> really? Yeah. One thing I did notice is there's um, an episode where Faith gets out of the coma. Um, like, she's she's running, Buffy's chasing her, she jumps over a wall. I've never understood why Buffy doesn't then jump over the wall. She's a slayer, mm-hmm. she can do it, but whatever. But when they open it up, for widescreen, you can see the end of the wall in the yeah. screen. And it's like, why doesn't she go around the wall? Like, you can see yeah. that it ends. And it's like, come yeah. on, guys. And I hate that because I hate that they open those things up to widescreen when they're not supposed to be. Because if anything, mm-hmm. like, I bet, I bet younger people watching them who don't understand what happened thinks like, oh, wow, the filmmaking on this is just really bad. Yeah. You can see crew members and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never noticed that stuff. I Part of me wishes I did because it's kind of funny. And part of me is really glad I don't because it doesn't take me out of the story. Yeah. So my third problem is Dr. Giggles breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. at the end of the movie when he looks at the camera and says, is there a doctor in the house? Mm-hmm. Fuck off. No. No breaking the fourth wall, even for a movie this stupid. Do you not, do you not like breaking the fourth wall in general? It, it depends. Because if it calls for it, it's fine. If it's a kind of sort of, if it's a comedy movie, like an outright comedy movie, then that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. But, like... Have you watched She-Hulk? Well, that's perfectly fine. Okay, She-Hulk's okay. fine. So it's fine. that's part of the character that was in the Okay, comedy. so does it bother you more if it's, like, one random one? Yeah, one okay. random one. Okay. Yeah. Something like She-Hulk's fine, because that's the whole point of the show, really. Mm-hmm. That's her character. That sort of thing doesn't bother me. Deadpool doesn't bother me. So it's not it's not breaking the fourth wall. It's just like if you only break the fourth wall once, mm-hmm. there's no need for it. Unless it's like something like Blazing Saddles that does it, yeah, like once or twice, and that's perfectly fine because you know that's that that kind of comedy. But so yeah, I just didn't like it. I just didn't like the because he's dying and he just looks at the camera and it's like why why so yeah. So what is your third problem? There's the scene with, I don't know their names. I don't care about their names. Um, the two kids, the horny kids or whatever. 
um, <sighs> like she, he, he wants her to put on lingerie he stole from his mom. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you know, I forget the exact wording, but like, I'm not dressing up until you do and hands him a condom. And at this point, like, because I remember the doctor's office, there's a poster about AIDS in the background. So this Mm -hmm. at this point, I'm wondering, like, was there like a low key message in this movie about AIDS? (laughs) Like, is that Mm -hmm. what's going on? But then they it turned out that was just a coincidence because he goes to the bathroom to put the condom on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how you do it. You don't put it on ahead of time. Whatever. Anyway, you don't go to the bathroom <laughs> and put it on first. And then the other thing is he drops it in the toilet and he was really going to try to use it again. And yeah. then when he pulls it out of the toilet and it has holes in it, he's like, maybe she won't notice. Yeah. Everything about it was gross. Everything about the condom thing was gross and wrong. And as somebody who used to be um, an HIV educator, yeah, it like really got under my skin. See, I thought that. I was thinking that. And I was like, Jen's going to pick up on that because because your background. Yeah. That's like, did I? We we did American Pie, right? Yeah. Was one of my problems the double condom thing? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Like that's <laughs> that should drives me crazy, especially if it's a movie that teenagers are going to watch because I, know. Um, I don't I don't I don't know if you've heard about America, but we have terrible education here, and uh, <laughs> we don't like to teach uh, kids about sex. So yeah. there's too many teenagers who already like don't have good information about safe sex, and yep. so then they watch something like American Pie or God forbid, Doctor Giggles. And, and also, why would you want to put a condom that was in the toilet on your dick? Like, I that guy is gross. There's so many things yeah. about him that's just gross. And I'm not upset he died. And then um, when he, his, his girlfriend's already died and he doesn't know yet. And he goes under the covers <laughs> and he, he discovers Dr. Giggles under the covers. And Dr. Giggles' one-liner is, I hope you have protection. <laughs> and then he murders him. This, this movie, like, I don't understand why it's not more of a cult classic, honestly. Yeah, no. Like, I'm not saying it's amazing, but it's, no. I feel like, I feel like the, the filmmakers understood the assignment and they did it. Yeah. Like, the acting may not be perfect in it, but they, it's, it's pretty standard acting for any sort of low-budget slasher film. Yeah. I don't think it was that low-budget. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely yeah. not, n- definitely not high budget. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. it's no, it's probably a meant budget movie. Like, yeah. you have something like Scream. Yeah, it's good if the acting's better, mm-hmm. but um, I don't expect the acting to be better than this for this kind of level of horror movie. That's see, but that's the thing, though, right? The problem I have with the acting of the two leads is that we're supposed to care about them in light, mm-hmm. and it's a problem I have a lot. In horror movies, like stuff like this, is like if you don't like your characters, then it just becomes hurry up, hurry up, when are you gonna die? Mm-hmm. And I want to actually like root for some people and like not want them to die, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the whole point of horror movie is like you're supposed to watch them and want some people to live at least. If you watch a horror movie and watch want every single person to die, then you have a problem. <laughs> so, oh, really? you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jen. You have. Um, no, I'm just saying that, like, especially your, like, Scream, right? Mm-hmm. We care about Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Right? And 
Nev Campbell's acting isn't like perfect, but I mean, we it's still very good. Good. It, well, it's very good for a horror film. That movie, yeah, exactly. That's like kind of the standard for for a horror film um, or a slasher film is the acting in that movie. Yeah, but I don't understand why, like, we have this sort of standard where it's like, oh, it's just a horror movie, so the acting's not supposed to be good. It's because they aren't taken seriously, you yeah. know? Like, it's a, it's still a huge deal that Carrie got nominated for Academy Awards because, like, uh-huh. award shows, they're not going to take horror films seriously. And they, they might take, like, a supernatural film a little more seriously. Like, um, Haley Joel Smith got nominated for Supporting Actor for Sixth Sense. Um, but they're seen... Thanks to the Lambs. They're seen as, but yeah, they're seen as low rung on the totem pole of like yeah. movies. And because of that, we don't take it. It's the same thing with romantic comedies. People don't take romantic comedies that seriously. Mm-hmm. So nobody expects the acting to be amazing in them. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... I've watched a lot of horror movies recently for October and mm-hmm. a lot of them have been like early 80s horror movies that I've never heard of before and they were just like cheaply made and the acting in them is atrocious but that's because it's just a bunch of people grabbing cameras and just like trying to make a movie quickly because you know that that was a thing to do back in the 80s and horror Mm -hmm. movies was a thing to make back in the 80s do you know a movie where the acting is really really underrated Mm -hmm. Blair Witch Project yeah and it's not even yeah, I mean, I, I know they were scared. I know they were actually out there scared. But, like, I mean, they managed to... Con- there are people to this day who still think that movie was real. Yeah. That's impressive. Like, they really sold it. Mm-hmm. And that's not talked about enough. And I think I think there is also something about, like, watching a horror movie where um, it's unknowns. Yeah. Because it doesn't... Like, you know, you're watching Scream and it's like, oh, that's Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with her. I've known her you know, since she was a child. Yeah, but then she dies. So yeah. that's like, you know, that was the expectation and it twisted mm-hmm. that. It's like, well, you'd expect her to be in it a bit more because yeah. she's Drew Barrymore, but then she dies. And then it's all these these happy young people that you've never really seen in anything else before. Can I, can I give you a bonus problem with this movie? Of course. I was kind of hoping that he would perform a heart transplant on her and it would work. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, how hilarious would that be if he, like, actually, like, helped her? <laughs> yeah, that would be the big twist. I really kind of, I really kind of wanted that. I was disappointed it didn't happen. He was actually, a, he was actually a, a really good, talented surgeon, and he saved her life. Oh, man. And that kid that played him was so creepy. I know. Right, so if you haven't seen the movie, what we're alluding to earlier is that Dr. Giggles' um, father... His mum was ill, and his father like murdered people to try and get heart hearts for um to put into the mother. But the mother died, and the police were breaking into the house to get the dad, and then the kid had vanished, and they don't know where the kid was. So they took the the body of the mother to the morgue, mm-hmm. and it transpires that the kid was hiding inside the body of the mother. Um, I don't know how that's practical. I don't either, but that was awesome. Yeah, but that is that is one of the best scenes. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. And the build up to it was um I thought very well done because it was a thing throughout the movie, like what happened to the sun. But they didn't like a lot of movies will tend to kind of 
beat you over the head with it. So you're spending yeah. a lot of time being like, well, what did happen to him? What did happen to him? But they just make it so you're like, I, for me, it felt like the tone was more, it made me mildly curious, but it wasn't, I wasn't obsessing about it. So when we do mm-hmm. get to where we find it out, it's shot, like you're not waiting for it and it's, it's extra shocking. So, oh my God, I loved it. I loved that. You know, I didn't realize <laughs> until I was talking to you that I actually really like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's it's. I, I don't even know if guilty pleasures is a real thing or not because it's one of those things that's sort of bandied about a lot. But if there is such a thing as a guilty pleasure, then this is probably one of mine because it's not highly regarded. Surely, I've told you my um, definition of guilty pleasure, right? I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've covered American Beauty, so I know I have. Um, that like it used to be when people said guilty pleasure, it's like something you'd be embarrassed to be watching. Like if you were like, yeah. I love Gossip Girl, it's my guilty pleasure or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like something starring Kevin Spacey or something directed by Woody Allen. Like if there was somebody involved with it that I don't want to enjoy and um, that I don't want to give money to or whatever, like. Yeah, Cosby Show, while it was a very respectable show, and you would be proud to say, like, Bill Cosby aside, you would be proud to say you liked it. That is a guilty pleasure, because I feel like an asshole when I watch Bill Cosby. Because I shouldn't be. Right, okay. That's, I I do feel guilty, and when the guy dies and I I rewatch the show, I am going to feel guilty for watching it. (laughs) I was unpacking my office yesterday, and I was unpacking my DVDs, and it was like holding this complete series in my hand and i'm like do i put it on the prominent shelf or do i hide (laughs) it in the back of the room where no one can see like because i don't have room for all my dvds on my like there's some room on my bookshelves for them and so there's a bookshelf that you can't you have to really be going out of your way to see what's on it and i was like i cosby shows one of my favorite shows what do i do with this thing and I went yeah. ahead and put it with the others, because no one comes in here anyway. But it was still something I was thinking about. Um, so that's my that's probably my biggest guilty pleasure is just the Cosby Show. But like I I can't feel guilty about liking something ridiculous like this. It's no 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 no. Well, and- I have a soft spot for this movie. I always have. Mm-hmm. I I would say it's inoffensive, mm-hmm. but. There is, like, some sort of dodgy things in it, but I do think it's just, like, just silly. Mm-hmm. It's just silly and, you know, it's not to be taken seriously. And uh, I don't even have, think my problems really mean anything apart from breaking the fourth wall because mm-hmm. that could fuck off. But my positive, and it's going back to talking about the scene with the, the, the corpse and the child erupting from it, um, is the practical effects. Because that was a big uh, fake body there that a child mm-hmm. cut his way out of. And there's some good other effects, like blood effects and gore and stuff. It was at this sort of age where they were doing more with computer-generated effects. Mm-hmm. And like the opening scene of you see inside someone's body and it's like blood cells and stuff, that's... That does not hold up. No, it did not look good. It's not good. It was almost one of my problems. Yeah, uh, but it's like you know that was that was the time like nineteen ninety two. But then the mm-hmm. following year we had Jurassic Park, so it's not really an excuse. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, Jurassic Park had Spielberg money. True, true. But it's the same studio. 
but the effects were um the computer effects weren't great, but then the practical effects were really good. And also the stunts. There's one stunt in particular where the cop is in fire and uh and Larry Drake is punching just punches the cop and he's on fire. And it's a stunt double, but it's Larry Drake doing the punching. Mm-hmm. So it's actually Larry Drake interacting with a man on fire. You can tell vividly that that's what it is because his face is prominent. And it's like, I like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, chuck the guy who is on fire in front of your lead actor. <laughs> you know? Fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so what is your positive? I like the cops. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought they were some of the better acting in the movie. I mm-hmm. they really were playing it straight. Like with Holly Marie Combs, you can't tell necessarily if she's playing it straight or she's just like bad acting. It's not an amazing performance. Um, no. But the cops, I I like the dynamic between them, and especially since we've watched so many older movies where like the way they write a black cop is pretty mm-hmm. terrible. Um, I thought, I don't know, I thought this was very well done. I like the idea of, like, a rookie with, like, an old vet and stuff. Like, yeah. that, the dynamic there I just really liked, and I just thought they did a good job. Um, they, I was wishing there was more of them in the movie, um, them specifically together. Yeah, yeah. In the comic, there's a lot of sort of scenes of them talking about, like, the young cops past and stuff like that. They go into quite a lot of stuff. Because in the comic, there's no flashbacks. One of my, one of my, um problems was going to be flashbacks and then i remembered the scene of the child erupting from a dead body and i was like no that's fine (laughs) i like the cops as well i think the cops again it's what we're talking about earlier it's like you've got these two really good actors and they're 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 giving really good performances in this horror movie and then you've got these two lead actors who are dull as ditch water Mm -hmm. and just really terrible and it's like it's just a big contrast there for me. They're they're good. I like the cops as well. I'm sad they both died. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad the older cop died like pretty much right away after he told the story of the child erupting from the Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a bummer. He just like turns up mm-hmm. at the house and then dies like right away. But at least he gets a shot in. At least mm-hmm. he gets to shoot Dr. Giggles, that's good. Um so last week we I mean we must have been talking about like reboots and remakes and stuff and I was about to uh, rant about Holly Marie Combs and you told me to wait. Uh, can I complain about her now? Carry on. So god this woman. This is the main thing I think of when I think of her cuz like okay yeah I saw her in Pretty Little Liars and I watched a few seasons of Charmed but like I really haven't seen that much that she's been in. So for me it's just like this one little like internet fight she got in. Charmed was very popular in the late 90s early 2000s. Um Yeah. And it was, you know, she was one of the three leads on the show. Um, Uh And like many things these days, Charmed got a reboot a few years ago. And it ran for, I think, like four seasons or something. So it wasn't... I think so, yeah. It's just just ended, yeah. It's it's a decent run um, since Uh most shows don't get past a season. I saw the pilot and I thought the pilot was decent. I didn't watch the rest of it, Uh but um, I would have if I had more time. Holly Marie Combs was so butthurt about this remake she would not like my understanding is she wouldn't stop bitching and moaning about it like she she was just so annoyed by it. and rose mcgowan complained about it a little too but holly marie combs was like pissed mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like you you know the original is available right like they're not taking yeah. it away they're not they're not taking your money back like and honestly charmed was not that great charmed isn't a good show sorry folks it's i remember i 
because I was at the, still at that age where I wanted to like everything. Yeah. Um, and so I was watching it and I was like, I didn't, I always had trouble quitting shows. So I didn't really want to admit to myself that I didn't like it. And then I heard somebody describe it as a show for children. <laughs> and after that, I really started to notice that was, I think I was like 19 at the time. And I'm like, yeah, they're right. This is not for me. This is a children's show, which is fine. That's fine. But Charmed, like, you hold it up next to, like, Buffy or even, like, Dawson's Creek, like, the other stuff on the WB at the time. It's not even close. And Holly Marie Combs is just so pissed about it and just would not back down. And yeah, I felt like that, from what I remember, the actresses of the remake were, they handled it very well. Um, One of them did point out, like, the new one is women of color. And you're, like, bashing this show with women of color. Um, And then Rose McGowan did the white woman thing of being like, I'm out there fighting the good fight. I love that there's a role for women of color. And it's like, don't talk about your activism. (laughs) And say, like, that. that's, like, it's, like, the modern, like, liberal white woman way of saying some of my best friends are black. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't don't say I do this. Because you're basically saying, I'm not racist. I do a, I do this stuff. And it's it's not even like she does anti-racist work. Um, but yeah, so that's just what I, watching this movie, I was just like, you're a bitter woman. Like, what what does she do? What will she do if they remake Dr. Kickles? <laughs> yeah, she'd probably want a role in it. <laughs> I, I like it when, you know, like, I know a lot of people are upset about Wednesday, but like, Christina Ricci's in it. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. I love that. Mm. That makes me happy. But that see that right. The whole thing about Wednesday baffles me, right? Because when they showed like images or whatever of uh, Louise Guzman mm. as as um, Gomez, the dad, yeah, Gomez, and people were saying, "Oh, he's he's unattractive and blah blah blah," and it's like, yeah, have you seen the original fucking comic? It's like. Gomez is supposed to be this weird-looking little man. That's the whole point of those two characters getting together in the comic. It's they're not supposed to be attractive. I think people forget that uh, it it's not just the movies. It existed before that. It was a show. It was a comic. Yeah. Like it anyway. Um, cartoon. And but what I think is hilarious about it is that people and I had I made this mistake for a while too. That so many people think Tim Burton did the. Adam's Family movies and he didn't but then now he's doing Wednesday so it's like (laughs) he was meant to do it I guess but um and it's the first Tim Burton project I've wanted to see in well over a decade absolutely yeah I'll be watching that I really like Jenna Ortega yeah 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 no Jenna Ortega's good we we talked about her when we've done the scream yeah um, I really like her um she was on you and she was really good on you (laughs) that sounded weird (laughs) I know that title <laughs> you is a good title for the show if you just look at like what would be a good title for the show separate from any other usage of the word. Yeah. But like I can't like I can't say to someone, do you watch you? I have to say, do you watch the television show you? Do you watch the Netflix original series you? Do you have you read the book you? It's yeah. it doesn't work. And by the way, that just reminded me, I always forget it originated on Lifetime. Did it? Yeah, the first season was on Lifetime. Like, if you watch the first season, there's like hardly any cursing, and like it is, it is a little more mild. And um, it was on Lifetime, and Lifetime canceled it, and then it it was on Netflix, and it did really well there. So they were like, "Well, let's do a second season." 
And so, because like, Dylan and I watched it when it was on Lifetime. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, we are going to be taking a couple of weeks off, but when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully I'll still have something else to post um, next week. But uh, when we come back, it will be Jen's pick, and I don't know if Jen's picked anything yet. Yeah, I guess I, it's first time in a while we haven't had a theme. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to think on that. Right, you think of it and then just tell me and I'll, I'll, I'll post it when it's time to post it. So, uh, halfway through November, this show will be back. Uh, so, that's all we have time for. If you want to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. If you want to go to the website, it's shiftybench.co.uk. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Excellent. So thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.